Welcome to the Dev and Tech Podcast, where you can pick up uh, tips and tricks on your path to becoming a web developer. I am Aaron Billings, a software engineer from Atlanta, Georgia, and with me is Karen's Wright. Hello, hello, hello. I'm a technical project manager also in Atlanta, Georgia. So today on the Work for Games Dev and Tech podcast, we're going to be talking about career journey. So my career journey, Karen's career journey, what we did to get into tech, what our journey was like uh, from the very beginning. We're going to talk about the failures, the successes, all that stuff. And then we're going to talk about um, what many people think career journey is, like a linear path from point A to point B. But what actually a career journey is, it has peaks and valleys and hills and all that stuff. And then we're going to wrap it up with uh, talking about um, how everyone's journey is going to be different and what you can do to continue to stay on whatever path that you're on to reach whatever goal that you want to get to. So first, our different journey. So Karen, what, what was your what was your journey into tech? Um, I would say, I guess it started in the teenage years. I When we first got our PC, it was amazing to me navigating around the PC, learning the PC and teaching myself the tools, <laughs> even breaking it at times. Mm. But um, I wanted to be a programmer when I graduated from high school, but got married at a young age and, you know, life took over, as they say. Mm. Um, but in 2017, that official let me get started in changing my career into tech um, after years of jumping from job to job, industry to industry. In 2017, that's when I got serious and I started going to an online university for uh, starting out in human resources um, management, but changed over to computer software technology because that's just, you know, that's the work that I love. So yeah, that man. was my, man, it's, it's crazy to say it here, but I would say the journey has been, <laughs> it's been like over 20 <laughs> years in the making. <laughs> mm. I understand that. So you, uh, you went, what, what school did you go to? It's now the University of Arizona Global Campus, which is mm -hmm. the online portion. And so it is made for individuals like you and I who have a full-time job. The system is set up where you take one class at a time. They're each about five weeks, and it's pretty much all year round. Um, you can take a break whenever you like, let your advisor know, but um, that's the school that I attended. Um, it's, it's very conducive for individuals with a family with a job. Mm, okay, cool. And um, how long did it take you to go through the course? Starting September of 2017. It was probably right at three years because about October 2020 is when I finished up. I transferred with some credits from... Uh, another school that I attended. So right at three years on that one. All right. All right. So 
went to went to university, graduated in three years, and then after that, where did you where did you go? I went to a boot camp for technical project management because due to COVID, I was working in uh, during that time when, while I was in the online school. I changed. I was able to move into the IT department with my job. I was working at a call center as IT support. The COVID risks were really high at that job because there was a lot of interaction with uh, call center agents and receiving equipment people would bring back from working at home. And so the COVID risks were so high. So I decided to attend a boot camp because they had a they would pay you a stipend just to attend. And so took a four month boot camp course for technical project management um, starting in January of 2021. Mm, okay. Now I know from what you said, you wanted to be a programmer. So what got you into technical project management? During my classes, I had a few programming classes and uh, Aaron, you know, I was just being honest with myself. I couldn't see myself doing it day in and day out. You know, there were certain times when I would, my head would just be buried in code and knocking my head against the wall, so to speak, (laughs) (laughs) trying to figure out certain pieces of code. And it got pretty tough. And I, you know, I just asked myself, you know, can I see myself doing this day in and day out? But I like being like a teenager captain leading a team mm. helping a team of individuals and i still like programming you know i like um to dabble in it on my own i like software but taking a role of i'm going to be here to help you guys make it through your tasks and support you developers while you work on this task and i'll give you guidance along the way that was more my speed okay nice so what do you do day to day I manage and I just to sum it up, you know, a lot of companies, if they go by the scrum methodology, I would say scrum master would be more along my lines. Um, If anyone is, if they, you know, use the agile scrum uh, methodology, ideology, however you want to say it, Mm. I'm there to support the devs and make sure that we are on target for the current sprint. If anyone runs into any roadblocks, I'm there to help unblock. So do you like what you do? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I I love it. I love what I do. I am able to, it's more of a role of, mm, I would just say more, like I said, a team captain. I don't view it as, hey, I'm over all these people, you know, mm-hmm. because technically I'm not, <laughs> right. you know, technically, technically I'm not, you know, but I like that, though. You know, I, I don't want to be over individuals. I like the idea of being um, I'm this individual on the same team, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take the lead in making sure that the path that we take is clear and free of obstacles. And if anyone on the team, as we work towards the, towards the destination, if anyone gets stuck or if they run into an obstacle, 
I'm there to clear that out of the way of the path so the entire team can make it to the destination. If that makes any sense. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but I I you know, I really I really like what I do. I do. I like it. Um I like this role because um being able to plan, look and uh look at the big picture, notice any potential risks, that's something that appeals to me. So yeah, I love what I do. Nice. That's awesome. I mean, that's the that's the most important thing, right? So it's uh, do you like what you do? Because uh, there are many people who don't like what they do. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know. So I think that's the most important thing. So that's that's great. So your journey into tech, um, always kind of interested in tech, uh, wanted to be in programming, went to uh, university, did some programming, was like, ah, I don't know if I could do this day in, day out. But, <laughs> you know, project management caught your eye and now you're thriving as a technical project manager. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been quite a journey. Wish I would have embarked on the journey sooner, but hey, it's no time like the present. <laughs> Very true. Very true. You don't know what you don't know. Well, you you were the same right here. Like you were the same as me. You kind yeah. of you know, you've your journey has been a long one as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So um back in the day, yeah, my family got a computer and I kind of messed around that broke that a couple times <laughs> learn how to fix it right you know and but i kind of navigated away from that uh, a little bit so i wanted to be in the healthcare field i wanted to go to school to uh, be a nurse actually um but th some things didn't work out and you know got married young life happens so I kind of settled into the customer service field and there I was able to do tech stuff. I was a technical advisor at Apple for a while, worked at a couple of different SaaS companies, uh, doing customer service, was a manager, managed, you know, a couple hundred people, um, done stuff like that. And, but I still kind of gravitated toward tech and I wanted to be in tech and do something i didn't quite know what it was until i got to this one SaaS company and i started to talk to the software engineers and see some of the things they they did and they asked me some questions and they were like hey like have you ever thought about being a software engineer like you know you seem like you know you're in customer service you solve problems all day like that's all we do and i'm like huh but you know i'm thinking I'm not smart enough to be a software engineer. Like there's, <laughs> you know, I come on programming all day. Like I, there, there, there's no way, like I, I, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And they're like, Hey, most of us here, like, you know, we went to boot camps. Some of our, some of us are self-taught, like, you know, you could do it. So I'm thinking, man, okay. So like, what, like, what do I do? Where do I go? And, you know, thankfully I was at the right place at the right time. People who wanted to help. Right. So uh, I was able to ask those questions. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I learn this stuff? And uh, yeah, I started to learn on my own. Uh, went through, uh, there are some programs out there that'll help you in the self-taught route. And, um, you know, I was thinking about going to a university or going to a boot camp, but, you know, university would take too long because, you know, I got a family and stuff like that at the mm. time. And um, and boot camp would be too expensive. 
so you know it was kind of really kind of a just needed to figure out how to get this done as quickly as possible how do i get how do i get from point a to point b fast because uh, i was at a certain point in my career where i was like i'm getting burnt out um, yeah you know customer yeah. service will burn you out to a certain extent and when you know that you're burned out you don't have long left yeah so i said what can i what can i do how can i do this and you know thankfully i was in a place where i could i could get the help because i because you know i don't know if i shared this with many people but um i had tried to learn tech on my own probably like a year probably like two years before i tried to learn programming i was like i'm gonna be a mobile app developer yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I, was gonna do. I was like i'm gonna be a mobile app developer swift i think had just came out at that point um, or it was like maybe like a couple years into Swift, and I was like, oh man, I think I could do this. Like, you know, I'm gonna build iOS apps, and I failed miserably. Like, <laughs> I mean, I remember going through tutorial after tutorial, and the realization of like you don't know anything, even after these tutorials, hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember yeah. sitting there <laughs> after tutorial, and I'm like, I know what I want to build, but I need to know how to loop over something yeah 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 how do i loop and i had been through like three or four tutorials you know it was it was it was uh kind of insane but um <laughs> you know it is it is what it is but um fortunately you know i was able to kind of pick myself up and keep going and i found javascript uh, which i just enjoyed like you, sometimes you just have a language that just kind of reaches out to you and speaks right, to you yeah, yeah you know exactly and javascript was a language for me so things just clicked and it, it didn't click right away it took it you know it takes hard work it takes consistency and stuff like that but it clicked a lot faster than swift or i even tried python um and javascript just seemed to click for me and that's what i did i <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but, you know, my process was I would come into work at like 4 a.m. I would code, learn how to code until probably like nine, do my day job from nine to lunchtime, then go to the engineering floor, talk to engineer during lunchtime um, and then go back to work from, you know, one to four, then go home and code probably from like six to 11 or 12 at night. And I would do that. I did that for probably about three and a half months. Okay. Um, yeah. Did that for about three and a half months. And that was like, you know, I don't recommend that to, to everybody, right? That's something that I personally did because of my personal circumstances. Um, so I don't want other folks to be like, oh, well, you know, AB when, you know, did this, yada, yada, yada. Now he's a <laughs> software engineer. Like, you know it's it it depends on a lot of different factors like you know um yeah yeah a lot of different factors i had i had you know i sought out mentors i talked to mentors i you know had people that i could reach out to for questions you know i reached out in the community like there's a lot of different factors um that uh is the reason why that succeeded for me you know people have to find out what works for them mm -hmm. that worked for me so um, after about three and a half months, I felt like I was at a place where I could start applying for jobs. And it's always tricky because 
you know, as you're going through it and you're learning it, you'll have a realization. Uh, I think like you did, Karen's right. Either you'll have a realization of like, oh, I don't know if I could do this every single day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or you'll have uh, you'll you'll have a realization to be like, oh, man, I, I really enjoy this. Like I could see myself doing this every day. Right. right. And you, you get to that crossroads um, and then you find out what you're what you're going to do. And, you know, I going through it, I was like, man, like, this is really interesting. Like, it's it, it's a struggle. But at some point you like you just kind of embrace the struggle and you're like, you kind of almost enjoy it. Like, it's painful, but it's almost like going <laughs> to the gym and like yeah, lift the yeah. weights. And like, you could tell you, you get like ask people who like lift weights all the time. You're like, man, like, but doesn't it don't you get sore afterwards? And they'll be like, oh, man, well, that's the best part. Like, you know, that's how you know you're growing. But that's kind of how it is with, you know, um, software engineering. Like it, it, it is a painful process to like learn a lot of the stuff, but you get to a point where, I don't know, you just start to enjoy the pain almost like you enjoy the hard times that you're going through to debug, you know, mm -hmm. trying to figure out this really hard problem. And then like, when you finally solve it, you're like, ah, oh, um, yes. Like, you know, <laughs> um, right. So after about three and a half months, I started applying to jobs and I got mm -hmm. my first job. Um, so that was really cool at a company that I actually work at today. So, nice. um, yeah, so comes comes all comes around full circle. So, you know, my my, you know, path, I think, just like yours, right, uh, wasn't a straight one. It wasn't like a straight line. Um, you know, I think sometimes many people think, oh, well, you know, hey, I want to be in tech. Right, I'm gonna jump in this boat and I'm gonna sail mm. and I'm gonna hit right. tech land, yeah. You know, and it's you know, and even though you and I have roles that we love and we enjoy, it's still something though people should really look into it to make sure that it's something that they want to do because sometimes mm. when things are popular, it can just kind of make you feel like, yeah, I want to be a part of that, but it's tech is still not for everyone, you know. Yep. Um, it, it's still really it's still very important that people, individuals, you know, if you're looking to make a change into tech, just be honest with yourself. Look into these different roles. Speak to individuals that are in the industry. There's tons of self-help information out online, but just just try your best to get a feel for what it is like in the day in the life of these roles, because tech is not for everyone. It's not, you know, I know a lot of individuals who changed their career to go into tech, but it just eventually they got burned out and it wasn't what they wanted to do, you know. And so AB and I, we love what we do, but you would agree with me, Aaron, you know, in no way, shape or form is this podcast, a podcast where we are saying, hey, drop what you're doing, get into tech, stop wasting your life, okay? <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not saying that <laughs> right exactly yeah like it's it's not you know this podcast is not for um you know to 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 browbeat anybody or to be like you know you need to get, jump into tech it's for folks who who genuinely want to be in tech right or already in tech you know and, and want to be there i think you know you made a great statement um and i think of it like this like you know you'll see people out there all the time being like you know any you know anyone can jump into tech anyone can be a yeah, software yeah, engineer anyone sure will. Yeah. and that's true the thing is, is that anyone can be in tech but tech is not for everyone that's the thing right so yeah. you know anybody can do it 
but that doesn't mean that you should, right? That doesn't mean that you should. So you, you have to, you, you really have to examine if that's where you want to be. Like, do you just want to be in tech just because you see the high salaries? Like, you know, there are other jobs that exactly. pay high too, right? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, if it's just the money you're looking for, then you know, <laughs> all the money. I don't know, but like, right. you know, you won't you won't last long. I mean, that's the thing. Like, tech, you know, being a software engineer or you know, trying to do something in tech, like, unless you really love it, you're not gonna you're not gonna stick with it because it's a it's a hard process. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's it is not easy. It is, you know. Yeah. It's it's worth just can't say it enough. There's so many things that come into play there, and I think I've said it on previous episodes. One of the biggest factors is the industry that you go in and the company that you work for. You know, mm-hmm. you, and it it may just those factors there may sour you to tech. You know, you if you love programming, but you go into a, a very demanding industry or you go to a company that's really not supportive of new developers, that it could just, it, it could really change your whole experience, you know? Yeah. And so there's, man, there's so many factors that come into play there. It's, it's a lot of factors that come into play. So Aaron and I are here to give the real deal view of it because there are a lot, just as you mentioned, there's just so a lot of advertising out there, boot camps, and they will make it seem like any job in tech is glamorous. Mm-hmm. Anything you do, you'll love it. And, you know, it's, it's it's a really important decision, especially when you're changing careers. If you have a job already that is taking care of your family and helping you and you're making a living, it's a really big decision. That's a big decision, you know? Yeah. It is. It's a big decision. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, um, tech is the, is, the, is the big thing nowadays. Um, you know, it's the it's the thing that everybody wants to be in. And a lot of times, um, you know, especially with the economy, it seems um, like recession proof. Like, oh, well, you know, if I jump into tech, then I don't have to worry about a recession. I don't have to worry about, you know, getting laid off. I'm always going to have a job. And depending right, upon, right. Like, you know, depending upon the area that you jump in in tech, you know, that might be true. But um the thing of it is is that in order to be able to get there you're gonna have to go through uh the learning process and that's not for everybody (laughs) right it's not it's not for everybody um you and you would probably definitely say requires an immense amount of humility and modesty right it does um you know, you, you have to be willing, especially like, um, in the beginning, right. You can go through and learn. Um, I give an example. So let's say that you start, you say, oh, well, I want to be a software developer. And, uh, cause I heard they make good money and, you know, they'll always find a job even if they get laid off, uh, you know, <laughs> right. you, can, you, can, you can quickly find another job, which, you know, is, is, is true. I mean, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Be software engineers stuff like that right but um you start going through the process and um you have to really you can't be a a a proud person because you're not going to get that far because you're going to need help from everybody right you're gonna you're gonna and you're gonna have to learn how to ask for help and if you somehow 
somehow make it through learning how to code by yourself, you won't make it very far in a company without some kind of humility. Because when you get in, you're going to have to learn the code base. You're going to have to ask people questions. And I've worked with engineers right, right. Who, who don't have the humility, who are who won't ask the questions, who will assume everything and, oh, well, they don't want to look stupid, this and that. They don't last very long. Mm. They don't last very long. You know, they just don't last very long. So, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of, you know, uh, it does take a lot of humility. You have to be willing to ask questions. You have to be willing to, I don't know, like people say, ask the dumb questions. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting and I'll, I'll say, well, I feel like this question may be obvious, but right. And you ask the question and none other people in the meeting have the exact same question, but they didn't say anything. Like, oh, yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing too. Right. You know, you know, um, Aaron, I have to ask you. So, mm. what is your next goal? What's yeah? Like what? Just no, no matter what job anyone does. No matter what role they go into, even if someone changes in the chat, even if someone works very hard and they find their way into tech as a software developer and they are, you know, they're just over the moon. Mm -hmm. I, I would have to say that no matter what you do, you always have to think about the next move. Yep. You always have to look on the horizon and just say, what? Now, there are, hey, there are a handful of people on this earth. They can go into a role and stay into it until they're 100 years old, and they'll be satisfied. <laughs> you know, there are people like that. Yeah, you know? There are people true. like that. But have you thought about yours? Like, what, what would you say? What what has come in your mind as um, maybe your next step or something you're interested in? Yeah. Um, so that's something, you know, when you, when you first get into um, software, uh, when you first become a software developer, the first thing you're thinking of is don't get fired. I think you, you summed up software development in any other role out there. Yeah. You yeah. That's laying the down thing. concrete or whatever you're doing. <laughs> That's that's what it is. That's that's the first thing you're trying to do is just not, not get fired. You're trying to do enough to not get fired you're trying to, because um, you're still learning along the way, right? Um, but there are there are a lot of different things that you can do um, in as a software developer. You can be a product manager. You can kind of go the product route, right? You can even you know, do what you're doing, Karen. So you can kind of go the, the project route where you kind of become a technical project manager. Um, but the two main paths that most software engineers go down is they either go down the extremely technical route or they go down the management route. Mm -hmm. So the technical route would be you start out as, you know, a junior, you work your way up to a mid, you go to a senior, you go to, um, depending upon the different levels, you go to staff, fellow, things like that, right? Senior staff, um, stuff like that. And you kind of work your way up the ladder, just strictly technical. So you're not managing people, you're managing software. And you may lead people, but you're not responsible um, for their performance. You're only responsible for the software. Um, and then there's the management route where you kind of take the lead when it comes to a technical perspective, 
but not really. You're mostly um, worried about managing people. So after you hit a senior engineer, you can um, start to diverge and become a, a software engineer manager. So that means that you would have a team of software engineers that report to you and you would manage them. So you would manage their day to day. So you would be having one on ones with them, you know, you know, how trying to show them how to level up to the next level where they wanted to go. Right. You'd be in meetings all day. You'd be, you know, going over more of um, strategic uh, initiatives for uh, not only the team, but the company, right? So you'd be in stuff like that. And you can kind of go up and become a manager, senior manager, director, senior director, VP, kind of go that way, that route. Um, all this to say, for me, I've been a manager before. I don't necessarily want to do that again. I would, I'm going down the technical route. So I'm going down, you know, next step for me would be a, um, a staff engineer that that's where I would go. Uh, so you would kind of be the lead on the team, but you wouldn't be responsible for, um, you know, uh, performance of people, things like that. So, um, I've done the manager thing for a while. I did that, uh, when I was in customer service and, uh, I got burnt out. Yeah. yeah. So not looking to go down there again. I'm kind of looking to stay down the tech route. So yeah, I have given a lot of thought and that's, you know, you, you know, I encourage the people who, you know, are thinking about their next move, talk to your manager. Right. And it, it mm -hmm. helps if you're at a good company where they have a track where, um, and find out what that track is, yeah. you know, find out what that track is. Um, what about you, Karen? What's, uh, what's your next move? I've actually been, um, taking some taking a online class for product management and I like the idea of being an individual that is a part of the planning for the direction of design or mm -hmm. we working for a company and the company saying we want to redesign our app or just reinvent our image and um, from a technical perspective and I saw product management it, it can be a lot of different things a lot of different companies but the product man, product management that I'm referring to is uh, working with a design team um, and planning out a roadmap of what the direction is going to be what are we going to do next with our application or you know, reinventing ourselves down from design to color to um, functionality. And so, I, you know, that it, it's more of a planning role, um, planning and uh, user interviews, getting in the users, uh, the feedback and putting that um, to a design of what's the next best thing. And so that's, that's really appealing to me. Um, product management, I, I think is going to be my next step. Um, and I would love to, you know, Hey, I was, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I would love to just actually go into it for, um, you know, with a team of friends and that, you know, do it on our own, you know, mm. um, put our talents to use. Maybe I don't mind working for a company. I, I don't mind that, but, I like the idea of consulting, being an independent firm and helping small businesses, especially small businesses, you know, small businesses, they want to get into the app space or having their own website space, 
but they don't know where to start. You know, they don't they don't know how to even get started. And so that I would say that that's my next move. That's that's what's on the horizon for me. Okay, nice. Yeah, product managers um, they have a lot of responsibility, but it's it's a really cool really cool job. Like uh, I work with some talented uh, product managers, so the product manager can really set the tone for the team. So if you have a really good product manager, then you know the entire project is going to go really well. But if you don't have a good product manager, <laughs> you're suffering. Um, you know, I've been on both both areas where it's like it don't need, you can have the best manager out there, but if your product manager for the team's not good, oh man, like it life is just miserable because you're just trying to figure out, okay, so what what do what exactly do I do next? Like, what do I do next? And they can't tell you. Well, you know, we're trying to, you know, do this. And then we're trying to do that. And maybe maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do this. You're like, well, give me something to do, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it's, that's what I was thinking to myself. You know, product manager, it's like project manager. It just depends on the company. Mm -hmm. Um. Something that stood out to me, maybe we'll have even a separate episode about this, but something that stood out to me is um, helping a startup. You know, startups have their own risks, but an appealing aspect of a startup is oftentimes startups are looking for individuals to set the tone and the path, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've done. I've I've been in several startups. It's it's and it's risky. Hey, I you when we have that episode, you are probably the first person to talk about the risks, you know. And mm -hmm. um, there are definitely risks there, but something that's appealing to me is going to a startup that has a solid foundation, but they need help with getting started and getting the product or the service off the ground and mm -hmm. being there at the ground level is appealing to me but that's you know that's often a that's often the uh distance you know yeah it's the it's the dream <laughs> yeah yeah it's the dream yeah you know? um but yeah we should have an episode about that because um, i you know i think that it, it's it, it's it's worthy of an episode because I think that when people are going into tech, I think that that is something that um, it does come up. You know, I, I did, I came, I came across information, I think in my boot camp, and it just said when looking for a job, one of the places to look for someone with uh little to no experience is a startup mm -hmm. um but you know startups it, it, they come with uh, huge benefits but they come with huge risks especially for someone if you're leaving a job that you've been with for 10 to 15 years um and you're going into a new tech role as a qa analyst or software developer um and you have zero experience, chances are you may come across a startup that is willing to hire you and give you a chance. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, Aaron, you already know. You know, there's a lot of startups that have uh, the project failed. You know, uh, they they weren't able to get things off the ground, and so it's it's a major risk. You know, and I I think that some of our listeners, it, it would be good for them to hear the the pros and the cons. You know. Yeah, I think that'd be good. So what we can do um, in our next episode is we can talk about um, we'll talk about startups, uh, but we'll talk about like mainly like, you know, when you're starting out in tech, um, what are the pros and cons for joining companies? Right. So we'll talk about startups. We'll talk about scale ups. We'll talk about big corporations, pros and cons of each. Um, I've worked on all of them. Um and kind of what you can expect uh, when it comes to just everything, right? Um, that'll be a good that'll be a good episode. To kind of talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate our discussions and helping helping our listeners. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Um, so, any closing thoughts on career journey? You know, I I would say after this episode, one of the biggest things that I can mention is just trying to weigh it all out and look at all of the various roles in tech and doing as much research as possible. Because if you're not careful, as mentioned, some of the boot camps and some of the advertisements, they will throw the, you know, the annual salaries out at you. And a lot of that is really appealing but at the end of the day it's important to love what you love what you do and do what you love you know Mm -hmm. very true so last thing is going to be um i we got to figure out what to call this particular segment but um (laughs) maybe like tech time or something like that i don't know um karis what's what's something new uh in tech that you found interesting that uh you're kind of getting some use out of i've been messing around with the steam deck it's been an interesting device. I still haven't decided how I feel about it totally, but it's, you know, the idea of your Steam library being in the palm of your hands, um, it's really appealing. Uh, there aren't that many games yet that are uh, made for the Steam Deck. You know, they, they have different levels. It's like this game was made for the Steam Deck or, you know, it's been refitted for the Steam Deck so to speak. And then they have this game technically works on the Steam Deck, but it's not going to be the best experience. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it's something that's been interesting to me because it has an HDMI port. And if you connect a monitor to it, and if you have a port, a USB-C port with USB uh, slots, if you connect the HDMI cable to a monitor from the Steam Deck, and have uh, you use a USB-C hub with maybe a few USB slots on it, you can connect a mouse and keyboard to it, and it serves as a computer, basically. So it's okay. I'm, I've been trying to mess around with all of those functions to see what I think about it and um, uh, just see what I think about it and go from there. I think maybe in the next episode or episode after the next, I'll have uh, some somewhat final thoughts, you know. But so far, it's... it's it's been a very interesting device. It's it's been a good device. Okay, nice. That's awesome. I um I recently got uh, we we've already we've always had a Switch, um, Nintendo Switch at the house, but 
um, recently upgraded to the the OLED uh, Nintendo Switch, and you don't really notice a lot uh, when you're playing on the TV, but when you're in handheld mode, like the difference between the OLED screen and the normal screen is like night and day. Like it is just crazy. So um, my recommendation would be if you don't have a Switch, buy the OLED. I probably wouldn't upgrade if it's your first time and you don't have a switch by the OLED uh, you'll be happy that you did yeah 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 I've heard that I've heard that yeah but yeah I have I'll have more thoughts on that in our next episode but uh it's been great sounds good awesome well uh where can uh where can our our uh followers of the podcast reach us uh if they want to reach out to us they can reach out at the will work for games email at gmail.com or my personal email k-e-r-r-a-n-c-e-w-r-i-g-h-t karen's right at hotmail.com or at gmail.com if they have any questions so hey i'm, I'm always willing to you know also on the will work for games.com website make you know drop comments in our posts as well uh you know i'm looking forward to hearing from someone i want to hear about the journey yeah, definitely. <laughs> Same for me um, on Twitter at AB Develops and um, also on LinkedIn as well. Uh, you can reach out to me there and uh, just about everywhere I'm AB Develops. Uh, so feel free to, to reach out and uh, yeah, hope uh, some people reach out and get some thoughts on the podcast and about your journey as well. Thanks for listening to the Work for Games Dev and Tech Podcast. We talk about all things dev and tech. We're currently on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for the moment. We are coming to other podcasting platforms in the future, so stay tuned and thanks for listening.